0: Heart of the Ronin, Volume One of the Ronin Trilogy. Written and produced by Travis Hearman. Voice talent by Danielle McCarville and Zeus Legion. For more information, please visit travishearman.com. This novel contains violence and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 6. Look at the candle. What a hungry wind it is, hunting in the snow. Sera. Kanishi sat in Teta's main room, sipping his hot tea, listening to the sound of the winter wind outside the inn. The cold wind swept off the ocean and washed over the village, but it was not bitter cold. Kanishi remembered well the bitter cold gales that swept across the snow-blanketed mountainsides in his boyhood home. So for him, this winter here seemed mild. But the village was so close to the ocean that he sometimes thought he felt the frigid salt spray, even when he was dry. Teta sat down across the table from him, carrying a jar of sake. He grunted as he sat down as if he were exhausted. Cold day today, eh? Kanishi nodded. But it is warm enough in here. So it is, isn't it? How was the soup? It was delicious. Just what I needed on a night like tonight. You are too kind. Sometimes my wife's cooking tastes like piss. Teta smiled good-naturedly. Kanishi smiled back. I'm sure she would disagree. I tell her that all the time. She ignores me. Ha! Ha! She ignores me most of the time. Some day, when you have a wife, you will know what I mean," Teta chuckled, then grew more serious. "Kanishi, there is something I've been meaning to discuss with you." Kanishi put down his teacup. He suspected that Teta wanted to talk to him about Kiyose. Before Teta started speaking, Kanishi had a feeling that Kiyose was listening from somewhere nearby. Teta said, This is difficult to discuss. I am indebted to you. You saved my life, and you saved Kiyose's life. Without her, my family would be poor this winter. Ah, this is difficult. I know that she cares for you. Kanishi said nothing. He could not deny it. I think she looks at you as her protector. She is very sly about it. But she often asks if there is anything I would like her to do for you. Sometimes I indulge her. It isn't good for me to let her get too attached. Do you understand? She may think that you will help her if she decides to disobey me. Kanishi said, You have been good to me, Teta. I have no wish to interfere with your affairs. Teta rubbed his oddly shaped pate with a gnarled hand. Ah, that's good, isn't it? It does me good to hear you say it. Please don't misunderstand me. Kiyose has given me no trouble at all. She does as she is told, and she's a hard worker. She serves me well, and I think my guests like her. But there's something else I need to talk to you about. Since that night, Yoba's family has been spreading lies about me, about you, about Kiyosei. They say that you work for a Yakuza gang in Hakuzaki. They say that Kiyosei is riddled with disease. They say that my food is poisonous. Kanishi scowled. They are an evil brood. I think most people are smart enough to recognize their lies. So it seems, but... They have yelled threats at Kiyosei. She's terrified of them. Perhaps they're just trying to scare her, Or perhaps they're working themselves up to do something terrible, I don't know. But I don't want anything to happen to her. And not just for my own sake, you understand. I care for her almost as my own daughter. I don't believe that you mistreat her, Teta. My son, Gonta, is sometimes short with her. But my family looks out for her. I am already indebted to you, Kanishi, so I hate to ask anything of you but you are the only man in the village capable of defending her from Yoba's family. They hate you, but they fear you as well. It's already my duty to ensure there is no trouble, Teta. I understand. Kiyose has been cleaning your house and cooking for you sometimes, hasn't she? It's because of my debt to you, and I know she wants to do it. Do you understand? Kanishi nodded. I just wanted you to know that anything she does for you, it is with my blessing. You are too kind, Teta. The innkeeper protested. No, no, not at all. I think you have been a gift to this village. Hojo-sama was a good man, but he was unhappy here. His unhappiness sometimes got in the way of his duties. He could have done something about Yoba long ago. It is unfortunate that you had to kill Yoba, but I am glad he is gone. I hope you don't have to do any harm to his sons, but most people would understand if you did. I will do whatever is necessary to make sure that they harm no one. Teta nodded with appreciation. There is something I would like to ask you now, Teta. Kanishi said, I know that Kiyosei is worth a lot of money to you. I'm sure you had to pay handsomely for her. She is valuable to me. But she could be replaced, could she not? You could go to Hakozaki to buy another girl's contract. Teta rubbed his chin. I suppose if I had the money I could do that. I would be taking a big risk that the new girl would be lazy or inept or disobedient. Kiyose is worth more to me than I paid for her and it's a long walk to Hakozaki for these old bones. Their eyes met for a moment. Teta knew what he was asking. Kanishi said, What if you had the money? But where would I get that amount of money? Kanishi emptied his teacup and put it down firmly. Perhaps you could think about how much money that would be. Perhaps I could, Teta said, nodding amiably, It is always good to plan for the future, isn't it? As you say, Teta, Kanishi said. Now, please excuse me. The hour is growing late. Thank you for the fine meal. As he walked the short distance back to his house... Kanishi sidestepped patches of snow from a storm two days before that still remained in the areas shadowed from the daylight sun. The dirt of the village street was soft with melted snow, but stiffened by the night chill. Kanishi trusted the innkeeper, but he had no idea how much it might cost to set Kiyose free, and the money he received from Norikage each month was more than he needed to buy food and supplies. He did not know how long he would have to save his coins to cover the sum Teta might ask. Thoughts bounced around in his mind like a flock of chattering sparrows. Then he stopped in the middle of the street, his senses sharp. His hand was on his sword hilt. Something was wrong. A chill breeze whispered through the darkness under trees surrounding the village, between the weathered wooden houses under the dark eaves. His eyes scanned the darkness. Someone was watching him. Yoba's sons prepared for an ambush? His house was only fifty paces away. Where was cow? Was someone hiding inside his house? No. The danger was more distant. But someone was watching him. He was sure of it. He resumed his purposeful stride and headed again toward his house. After listening at the door and hearing nothing, he went inside and shut the door behind him. He did not remove his hand from the hilt of his sword. The inside of his room was cold, so he moved to the hearth in the center of the room, removed the lid over the coals, and began to fan them, throwing bits of kindling on them to build the fire all with one hand ready to draw steel. The feeling of uneasiness subsided. Before long, the fire warmed the interior of his house. A soft scratching came at the door. He opened the door, and Akao slid inside. The dog wiped his feet on the reed mat before stepping up onto the tatami and sidling up to the fire. Akao said, Strange smell tonight. Kanishi asked, have you seen anything strange? See nothing. Smell strange. A stranger? Not like a man smell. A soft knock came at the door, and he turned to face the door. Who's there? Kiyose's voice. It's me. Please, come in. The door slid open, admitting a fresh, chilly draught of night air and he saw Kiyosei revealed in the glow of his firelight. Excuse me, am I intruding? Kanishi put his alertness aside, but did not let it go. Not at all. He gestured her inside. She smiled back shyly. Kanishi long ago noted that she always resisted smiling, except when she was with him alone. I am sorry. Teta did not send me. He does not know I am here. They think I am sleeping. She removed her sandals and slipped up onto the floor, sliding across the floor on her knees to sit near him. Teta will be unhappy with you. Perhaps. But I had to see you, she said. She looked so pretty in the firelight. The darkness and shadows of night masked so much of the weight upon her spirit the small imperfections in her appearance, the worn, threadbare clothes. In the firelight, she looked more innocent, childlike. She brushed aside a few wisps of hair from her cheek. He was glad for her company. Did you mean what you... The things you said to Teta? What things? He asked with false innocence. You are teasing me. She blushed. Kanishi chuckled. You were listening. I could not help but hear. I was cleaning the hallway. I just wanted to say thank you for your concern, but you shouldn't go to so much trouble for me. I am already in your debt for saving my life. You're not in my debt. You are too good to me. If you bought my contract, then I would be even more indebted to you. "'You should not put yourself out for me. "'I am just... "'Her voice trailed off "'as if she could not bear to finish the words. "'He looked at her for a long moment, "'then leaned over and touched her face. "'A look of surprise flickered across her face, "'then she allowed herself to lean her cheek into his caress. "'In the protection of the firelight, they embraced, "'sharing their warmth against the moan of the frigid winter wind.' As they lay together, Kanishi could not help but wonder what other dangers lurked in the darkness outside. Thank you for listening to Heart of the Ronin, Volume 1 of the Ronin Trilogy by Travis Heerman. Volume 2, Sword of the Ronin, and Volume 3, Spirit of the Ronin, are available now on your favorite audiobook platform. Please visit TravisHearman.com, look me up on social media, or send me an email. I would love to hear what you think about the story.